This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn music. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be that day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay picket doors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. What? The gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson, king of the headboard. How you doing, man? Bridge burner. Burn the bridge. We're in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. If you need to gear up for the end of basketball season or the run, which is coming, or baseball season, which is coming up, you can at Cardinals Sports Center. Go by live and in person, Cardinal Sports, 68th-ish in slide, or Plano, Texas, or online at mycardinalsports.com. Kyle, we need to get some new merch in there. We'll talk to Bradley. But beyond that, how you doing, man? I am fantastic. Uh, Just enjoying another day in the, in the Arctic tundra out here. And uh, still living off the vibes and the, the glow of the wind on Monday night. The glow of the wind. Uh, how how bad is it out there? Did it melt at all today? It was just wet today, but it's going to be disgusting tomorrow because it rained some more here in Lubbock. I think it was one of those situations that melted and then refroze. And so the ice is just getting like slicker and thicker. So it's it, it hasn't like snowed or iced a ton. It's just bad, no. though. Just bad conditions. It's my nickname in high school. Um, Mr. Root says, I can't believe y'all are streaming during the Lady Raider game. We are watching. I am watching the Lady Raiders game here on my phone. I don't know if Kyle. I, I guess Kyle can have it up. Uh, we're going to start a GoFundMe for Kyle to get a new uh, laptop. If anybody wants to contribute, you can contribute in our uh, Gambling Gauchos tip jar on Twitter. Or join the Patreon. Or join the Patreon. Even though that Patreon goes to other things. Patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. A portion of all proceeds go to a new laptop. But and uh, matter- but it's a it's a good trade-off for you because you get access to the number one Texas Tech fan Discord server. We take questions from the Discord mailbag every episode. It's a good time in there, plus some exclusive content, some interviews with uh outstanding Red Raiders. 
Sonny Cumbie pulling in the highest ranked class in Louisiana Tech history. He was maybe my favorite interview we've done on the Patreon. Yeah, let's talk about that. Was that uh, surprising to you? Uh, it was a little bit surprising that that ranking was the best they've ever done, but that was the part second, that surprised me. Second in Conference USA, which among your peers, if you're good against your peers, you're going to be good. Uh, obviously, you don't expect Louisiana Tech to do big things in the recruiting world during the regular season, but certainly at, at the top of what they've been and uh, looking to improve there. Yeah, I think Louisiana Tech is actually a, a decent recruiting spot for the group of five because you get – so, I mean, as far as pound-for-pound pound, um, recruiting prowess, I think the state of Louisiana probably has everybody covered. And so only so many kids can go to LSU or A&M or Alabama. And I feel like Louisiana Tech is in a spot where they could get those kids that don't quite make it at that Power 5 level – but still some really good talent in the region there. Um, kind of like what I've always envisioned, like UTSA, U of H, UNT could be in Texas. And certainly they've had some coaches over the years that have maximized that. And so it's good to see Coach Cumbie. Apparently this is the second class in a row that they've been number two in Conference USA. Um, so very proud of him. Excited to see him excelling on the recruiting trail. It's not a surprise because of how personable of a, of a guy he is. Um, but yeah, that's how you kind of start to turn things around there at a program that certainly needed it. Um, he's also gotten some good transfer portal additions, you know, some guys that uh, trickled down to him from the power five level. And so hopefully he's acquiring the talent necessary to win there. And uh, we're of course pulling for him out here in Lubbock. And there is obviously space in Conference USA for him to move upwards because of some of the movement there. Uh, you mentioned UTSA, UTSA moving on to the AAC, and I believe UNT is as well. So Louisiana Tech should be able to ascend to the top of Conference USA and be there for a while. Yeah, I, I would think so and hope so. And, and they've been a good little group of five program before. I think when Sonny Dykes was there, they won nine games. And uh, so I, I think it, it can be done. Um, so, yeah, that was cool to see him. I, I wasn't aware that last year he also had a relatively good recruiting class. And, you know, to be honest, I don't follow recruiting outside of Texas Tech very closely. And so when I saw that headline today, it, it made me proud and, and happy for him. Can you name the nine teams in the new Conference USA? Yeah, give me a shot here. Uh, conference in the new Conference USA. Yep. Are we no Louisiana Tech? Right. Um, are there any Texas teams in there? Would is UTEP one? UTEP is one. There's okay. another Texas team. Uh, Rice. No. What is Rice in? Uh, didn't they move up to? There's no way. Are they in the American? I really don't know I mean, anymore because sorry, but like what a all gift. the movement. Yeah, yeah. Rice will officially join the American. They were in the uh, Conference USA, but they will. They're up in the AAC too. Man, that is that's a surprise. Um, yeah. Okay, you said there's another. There's a third Texas team though. Yes. Jeez, who did? Um, let's see here. Texas State is still Fun Belt, aren't they? Or are yep. they in? Who am I missing here? 
Um, it's a it's a big jump, and their second jump in the last couple of Tarleton. Nope. Oh, Stephen F. Austin. Closer. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that covers the Texas teams. Law Tech is number four. Is see, this is there, there's so much overlap with uh, the three. fun belt. U- UTEP, Sam Houston, Law Tech. Okay, um, is Marshall in Conference USA? Nope. Is uh, Western Kentucky is right? Yeah, there's four. Um, geez, is. Is uh, Middle Tennessee State? Yeah, Middle Tennessee. Um, Southern Miss? Nope. Where are they? Uh, aren't they in the... Actually, I have no idea. I think Southern Miss might be Conference USA. Well, I'm looking at Conference USA. They're not in there. Well, I don't know where they are then. Um, okay. They might have been there. Are both ULM and ULALA, are those fun belt teams? Yes. Jeez. Um, shout out to everybody who's suffering through this. This is not great podcast, but I'm oh, I'm big. very dedicated to trying to figure this out. There's, um, a, team, it, there's a team to the west. Stop, stop, stop. I don't, I don't need hints yet. Okay. I'm still working right. through it. Florida Atlantic. No, but they're Florida International. In yes. Um. Georgia State. No. They must be fun built. Uh, it, uh, how about Coastal Carolina? I believe they're moving too, though. There's been so much group of five shifting that I didn't pay attention to. This is killing me. Um, who else is in that general vicinity? Um, no, Appalachian State's fun built. Uh, is Troy Conference USA? Troy? No. What if I name every group of five team I can <laughs> and maybe eventually I'll get a Conference USA squad or two? Uh, yeah. No, Tulsa is American. Um, no. Arkansas State is fun built. You could have done the fun belt easily. Uh, yeah, apparently so. They've been a lot better recently. Okay, Conference USA. Let me think back to who who was on LaTeX's schedule that I can remember. Um, I think you like three. Southern Alabama. South Alabama. Nope. Some belt. Oh. No, they'd be Mountain West. Who? Uh, let's see here. Wait, who would be Mountain West? I was thinking New Mexico. No. Their conference USA? It's close. <laughs> what's, what's New Mexico in? New Mexico. State? There you go. I thought they were indie. Two more. Well, I'm saying that a lot of a lot of people just knew moot used. Let's try that again. A lot of people just joined Conference USA because everyone else left Conference USA to move up. Yeah, that's what. Uh, okay. 
All right, there's two more. Give me the the region that they're in. The southeastern region, both of them. All right, give me states. Virginia and Mississippi. Old Dominion. No. Jeez. Actually, I say Virginia. I think it's Virginia, actually. (laughs) Um, Where is that school? We'll do the Mississippi one. Is Bowling Green? They're in the MAC. You're not nope. confused about that, are you? Okay. Uh, oh, uh, the Citadel? No. God. It's a big jump for this school. A big jump. Okay. Yeah, they're in Virginia. A big jump from where they were just this last year. They're coming up from FCS, I guess. A historically big jump. Historically, is it Grambling? Close. Who would have Who would have had the uh, set to move uh, an HBCU up all the way to Conference USA in one year? In the in state the, of in the state of Virginia, Mississippi. Dude, I've been guessing Virginia this whole time. No, I said let's do the Mississippi one. Okay, I didn't hear that because you were probably interrupting me, and the, the audio only goes one way. Grambling. Yeah. Okay. Then, then Jackson makes more sense. But I was thinking Virginia the whole time. Is Grambling in Virginia? No, but I was oh. just thinking of HBCUs that, and you clearly didn't know what state it was in. So I. Um. Okay, the last one's in Virginia. Uh huh. Oh, Charlotte. No, no, that's North Carolina. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a geography gaucho, <laughs> or a grammar gaucho. Apparently, neither of us are. Oh, I thought Charlotte was in Conference USA. That's why I went there. But they must. What? Oh, did they get? Did they move up to American? I think Charlotte was in Conference USA. I know Coastal just did. Oh, I'm trying to think of any university in Virginia that would be in Conference USA. You know, you're not really falling well here. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Liberty. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Where? What city are they in? I don't know. I just know they're in Virginia. Is that's it Liberty, a, Virginia? I have no idea. That's actually a really interesting, like, group of five profile. Because they're like, they have an insane amount of alumni. And they're kind of like BYU, sort of in that even people who didn't go there might root for them. Mr. Roos says excellent content. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was horrible. If you want better content, subscribe on yeah. Patreon. Yeah, let me just read them out. Uh, FIU, Jacksonville State. Oh, that's Jacksonville State. I didn't. Oh, that we we did that one. So I wasn't even right. Yeah, Jacksonville State. Jackson State's going to uh, the WAC. That's where Sam Houston uh, SFA is. Yeah. Because then ACU went and then left again. Yeah. That might be where Tarleton is as well. I don't even know. What? I'm looking at him and I didn't even know. I can't hear you because the audio only goes one way. Oh, my God. Then why ask me a question? (laughs) Should move on? (laughs) All right. Quiz me on another conference. Well, now that we're doing it, uh, go through conference. 
how about this? Do Power Five, and I I can name all of them in one minute. Any Power Five? Well, I'm looking up the American Athletic Conference. No Power Five, and I'll get all it all right. in one minute. Probably thirty seconds, honestly. ACC. Okay, Miami, Georgia Tech, Clemson, North Carolina, Wake Forest, North Carolina State, Duke, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Boston College, Syracuse, Louisville, um, is that all of them? I don't know. <laughs> I lost count. All right, Florida State, Miami, Georgia Tech, Clemson, the four North Carolina schools would make it eight, Syracuse, Boston College, Louisville, Notre Dame, if you count them, that's 14. I'm missing one. Oh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, that's 16, actually. I don't know. Anyway. Did you do it in less than a minute? Yeah, probably. You want, you want the Pac-12 real quick? Sure. Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. I can't even hardly name the Big 12 schools without, like, writing them down. I always forget one. Houston, Baylor, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU. Do you want to do the AAC? I don't know the AAC anymore because they shifted the whole thing. Well, we need to learn them. With Conference I'm, USA. I'm just going to give them to you. Okay. You Wait, I want, to, I want to try to guess them. I want okay. to try to guess them. All right. Are you All right. done with this? UAB and Charlotte. All right, UAB and Charlotte, which is in Virginia. Um, UTSA, UNT. Yes. Tulsa. Yes. Um, uh, Navy. Yes. Um, who else is in that conference? I think yeah. the rest of there. Memphis. Yeah. I don't know. The Bulls. Oh yeah, South Florida's still there. USF. Uh, team in Texas? Uh, Texas State? You might have already said them. Surely. Maybe yes. you already said them. I said UTSA and UNT. One more. Uh, Rice? Rice. One more. That's uh, been there. It's in the AAC? Yep. Play Houston. They play TCU a lot. Oh, SMU. Man, I have not thought of SMU this entire time we've been recording. And the, oh, that's probably that speaks to probably why they're in the AAC. And then one more of note. I think you've said them. Well, maybe two. Uh, there's some pirates that I don't think you've said. Oh, ECU. And then a team that's just not very happy. You could say they're angry. They might wave still. Oh, Tulane. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about them. 
There you go. All right, hey, let's uh, let's actually tie this into an actual podcast topic. That is brutal. We're twenty minutes in and have done nothing but list schools um, <laughs> and ad reads. You know, you could argue that was a good road trip game. Yeah, so that that's kind of where I'm going with this. Okay. There, uh, so a while back, several months ago, there were reports that Dormark was kind of exploring the idea of Gonzaga as a as a basketball only member. Um. And then on Red Raider Sports, and I think maybe on The Athletic, there was a little bit of discussion about UNLV. And their athletic director, I think, did an interview with The Athletic talking about what they needed to do to earn Power 5 status. And Now, they recently moved their home football stadium. They're at the same stadium as the Las Vegas Raiders. Um. You know, they're in that Pac-12 footprint. Pac-12 is going to maybe consider expansion, I guess. I guess just high-level thoughts on UNLV as a potential candidate for the Big 12. What's your gut reaction to that? Um, Yormark did say West. I know Yormark loves Las Vegas. I think the Big 12 would love Las Vegas. I don't love UNLV. But you need losers. Not everybody can win in a conference. And I do think that Las Vegas as a market is valuable. But you can sign up to go to Las Vegas anytime you want. You don't have to have a school there. That's pretty much my thought on it, is if you want Vegas to be part of the conference, and when I say Vegas, I don't just mean the city of Vegas. I mean, the appeal of like tourism playing in NFL stadiums, sports betting. Like I know that's still kind of taboo, maybe from the NCAA and the conferences themselves. I'm I'm sure there's probably some NCAA prohibition on a conference having like a sports book as a sponsor, but I would love to, I think I speak for all big 12 fans. I would love to make Vegas a, basketball tournament site, a football conference championship game site. You could do, um, you know, even just like neutral site conference games. Have BYU play Kansas State in Vegas or, you know, whoever, or Tech. I think Tech fans would love that. Um, So I think, yeah, you can bring the appeal of Vegas into the fold without adding UNLV. Yeah. I think they're a – a penny stock. And what I mean by that is they could grow into something really cool. Like they'd have the big market. Um, now I will say this before I complete that thought, Vegas is becoming more and more of a sports town, but more and more of a pro sports town. They have NHL, NFL. I think a lot of MLB teams have floated the idea of maybe going to Vegas. If the NBA expands, I think Vegas is a natural fit. And I think that actually hurts UNLV in the sense that, like, San Diego State was always second fiddle to the Chargers until they moved to L.A. And USC, UCLA were always number one in L.A. until the Rams and the Chargers are there. And so I almost think UNLV going to a Power Five with the Raiders, the the Golden Knights, and maybe an MLB or an NBA franchise coming there might even if that's even possible having said that if they 
got the resources, had the success on the field and had the visibility of being in a power five conference, they could skyrocket. I mean, like, I think their ceiling is higher than a lot of current big 12 programs if they got everything right, but they're a long ways from that. And so that's where the uneasiness kind of comes in. I guess my whole point is I think with Pac-12 expansion dead, as far as the big 12 poaching the Pac-12 for now, um, and if the playoff expands and you get an automatic qualifier in the Big 12, why add any more potential competition? Why not just keep it at 12? Like, what's the point? I get the point of expansion a year ago or two years ago when you're making up for the loss and when the playoff is still four teams and you have to compete for a new contract in t- television world. But that TV contract is completed and i know there's provisions that you can grow and keep the same amount of money but there's not really that there's no need for it right now because you have the contract you have the playoff expansion the pac-12 is not doing anything aggressive so i don't know that the big 12 needs a unlv or a Tulane or a memphis or anybody beyond maybe the four corner schools yeah, that, that's another piece of this for me is like, were, were you ever tested as a kid? You can have one cookie now or wait 30 minutes and have two cookies. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the spot the Big 12 is in. Like, yeah, we wanted the Arizona schools, the four corner schools now. If we can't get them, just wait. I mean, the Pac-12 is not going to sign a long term. Like Oregon and Washington just aren't going to do that. So let them sign a five-year deal. And then four years into that, make your move for the four corner schools. And then Vegas can really be part of what you're doing. Cause you'd have the Arizona fan bases, the BYU fan base out there. Like then Vegas really makes, that's like your Western axis in the entire conference. And you could do the conference championship game, the conference tournaments there every other year. If you wanted to, you could do neutral site games there. That would make a ton of sense for the Western pod schools. So I, I would rather be patient. UNLV is not enticing enough for me um, just to get into Vegas when you could wait and see how the chips fall in four or five years and maybe make another run at the four corner schools. And then Vegas makes more sense without you actually having a school in Vegas. That could still be a huge part of the conference's portfolio. Because also, if you do get the four corners, you know, the Big Ten isn't going to go heavy on Vegas. Like they're going to have a West Coast presence. But I think it'll be that a West Coast presence. They're going to be worried about the state of California and then their primary geographic footprint in the Midwest. And so the Big 12 could have Vegas all the way over to the I-35 corridor and then even a little bit east because you've got Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF, and Houston. And so I I think patience is the right move on this. Yeah, and the other part that we really haven't discussed is, is the Big 10 done? Is the SEC done? I think you're still going to wait for those teams to make the move because if they don't get any bigger, you really don't need to either. Especially you can wait until the ACC is rated and then maybe go NC State, UNLV, and kind of really get your section of the country and and go not coast to coast, but almost coast to mountain time. Yeah. The the only other 
component that I could see is like a strategic play. I've seen some people suggest that like you go get Boise and San Diego State or UNLV and San Diego State to block out the Pac-12 from adding any natural fits. But I just don't think you need to do that. Like, I don't think the Pac-12 is in a good spot, even if they add San Diego State. So just let them and, you know, again, make a run at the four corners in in a few years when their next short-term TV deal is up. Because they're going to get, you know, a school like Arizona State is going to get fed up at being on Amazon Prime and making less money than the Big 12 and the four corners will get together and they'll leave. And they're not going to have a choice once Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten whenever that happens. So I, I kind of get what your mark is angling for if he's interested in UNLV, as some reports suggest. And I guess I'll preface this by saying, like, I think it was just floated as like a very initial stage, like he's looking into it type thing, not like an invite is imminent or anything like that. So. But again, I, I, I'm more intrigued by Gonzaga for basketball only. And besides that, I think you stand pat for now and wait till the Pac-12 demise uh, sets in. How many teams, if you, if conference commissioner Jacobson, if you owned a conference, what's the ideal number of teams? I think in in the in the landscape we're heading in like a realistic landscape or just in an ideal world in in this realistic landscape where the NCAA still exists and and you haven't killed it yet i think 16 yeah and i would structure it with four four team pods and then doing a plus one format where the pod winners the, the four pod winners play a conference championship semifinal weekend i think that would do really good tv numbers and then the winners of that obviously play for the conference championship. And maybe, hey, how about this? With the second place and third place teams in the pods that are bowl eligible, they earn their way to a on that semifinal weekend uh, so that a bowl doesn't invite a 6-6 six and six team with a head-to-head loss to a 7-5 and five team from the same conference. And you can play your way into the lower-level bowls as well uh, rather than leaving it to the discretion of the bowl committees to just choose whichever logo they want. That's now, how I would structure it. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, so I guess with a school like UNLV, if you're trying to get to 16, you have 12, 12 right now. So you either invite UNLV to pressure the four-corner schools because you say, hey, we're going to stop at 14, the three of you that want it, do it now. Uh, or you really do like UNLV and it's not just a pressure. Yeah, but if you're going to take a school out west, though, I'd – I mean, I'd have to, I'm sure they have all sorts of like data available to them, but I would have to really look hard at UNLV, Boise, and San Diego, like side by side before, or hey, Air Force? Not Boise. Air Force? Before Boise? I'd look into it. I mean, Boise has a pretty decent brand from what they've done over the last 15 years. I know. It's a, it's a fast growing city. State. We have Kansas State. We don't need another one. <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't. Even if I was adding one to pressure the four corners, I'd, I'm not for sure it would be UNLV. Lady Raiders up seventy to sixty nine. They were down eight at halftime. It's five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Ooh, let's go. They need to get back in the win column. Katie Farrell real rebound. Breaking. Rob hates the North. No, I just hate Boise State. 
The only reason I hate the North Rob is because the barbecue up there is trash. And thank goodness we don't have to deal with that in Texas, specifically in West Texas, because we have our dear friends out in Olton at Rahino Barbecue. You know them, you love them. Socials are at Rahino BBQ, RahinoBBQ.com. You can order ahead. Make sure that they've got what you want before you show up, because they do run out fast. Uh, the best barbecue in West Texas, home base in Olton, mobile food truck goes all around the region. And hopefully coming to a Big 12 road game tailgate near you, now that the schedule is out, Rob, we can start working the traps on where we want to take Rahino Barbecue on the road next year. Um, let's dive into that discussion. Big 12 schedule, finally, uh, I think on the last day they were allowed to release the schedule, they do, and... You know, I was, of course, looking at it through the lens of Texas Tech, but also around the conference to look for other compelling matchups. What was your first reaction? And then let's talk through what the schedule makeup is. First reaction, I love Texas Tech's schedule. Uh, I love ending in Austin on Black Friday. Um, it, just kind of scripting it. You would love to finish with a win in Austin. Uh, the last team to beat them, potentially. Uh, you get to have a win in Lubbock and in Austin the last two times you play Texas as a Big 12 opponent. Uh, obviously, you have to do that. You can't just say it, but it sets up well on the schedule. I love that it's home road, home road, home road, all the way through the Big 12. I like the late bye for Texas Tech. Plus, I like the Thursday around the bye. So you get uh, an extra, you know, you get a 10-day break and then a 10-day break. You kind of get a double buy there with a game in the middle. I like a lot of it, and it sets you up well for your final three games to be rested and healthy, potentially. Um, I, 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 want, I want the Dust Bowl to happen. I do. I, I like it. It feels natural to me. But it obviously doesn't feel natural to those prick hicks up in Stillwater who can't read or fight themselves out of a paper bag and are too stupid to realize it. I don't know. Um, I don't know. So I saw, if I, I like the Kansas state matchup. I saw a decent amount of Oklahoma state fans who were pining for the dust bowl. Really? I did not yeah. see much. Of that. You want to know what my favorite thing is about that Texas game on black Friday? What? Texas has always, in this conference, gotten preferential treatment. And that has included them telling the conference and the conference saying, yes, sir, thank you, sir, please, sir, may I have another. We're going to play at home on Thanksgiving weekend, and it's going to be one of our in-state opponents. And so they always got Baylor, Tech, TCU before that last game. It was to replace the A&M game when A&M left for the SEC. Right. Now, Texas and OU, I'm sure – feel like they got the short end of the stick on a lot of the scheduling stuff because they're the outgoing members there's no real need to try to make them happy or something but i bet they got a concession or two along the way saying hey look guys if you're going to ship us to cincinnati in november and if the university of texas has to go play at houston stadium like throw us a bone here i am pretty sure that Texas's one like favorite ask of the Big 12 was please give us Texas Tech at home on Thanksgiving, which means they consider you their biggest in-state rival, and that was their big game that they wanted on the schedule at home. I'm not saying you're their Super Bowl. I mean, I kind of am, 
But just to all their fans say, oh, it's not a rivalry. We don't even care about Tech. Like, no, no, no. We were the one game you wanted on Thanksgiving weekend, and you made sure you got it one last time before you left the conference. So I know you love us. You love to hate us. And we're going to come in there on Thanksgiving weekend and hopefully give you a hard time. I would love, Rob, for their last game in Big 12 history to be an L on their home turf at the hands of the Red Raiders. Give it to me. That would be awesome. And and especially if it's for one of the two to be in the Big 12 championship. Oh, yeah. If they're both like 9-2 and two going in or something. Yes. Dude, can you imagine? Like, there's being ready to play. And then there's like Joey McGuire elite levels of getting your guys ready to play. Yeah. Did something just happen in the Lady Raiders game? Yeah, we're falling apart a little bit. Oh, no. Six-point six lead for Oklahoma State, three minutes left. Fouls and turnovers. Our dudes would be ready to play. Yes. I mean, can you imagine the, the not only the pregame, but the cinematic recap if you beat Texas? Oh. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Sign me so, up. I like I that. that. Uh, let's talk. Are, are we done talking positives on the schedule? Yeah, I really don't have any negatives. I, I know I've got some gripes. Well, well, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> your biggest home game next year is against Oregon, and yeah. Oregon is a big program. That's awesome. But for your biggest home game to be a non-conference game. Unless you're playing Notre Dame or Ohio State, that's a little bit of a, like, okay, our Super Bowl is the week after Labor Day. And then, so TCU, if they have a season like they did this past year, which I don't think they're going to, I think that was the one a lot of people had circled on their calendars. And it's on a Thursday, which is fun because it's a night game and you'll be on national TV. The students should be jacked up. Um, But it's, this is a legitimate gripe because I wish I had the data in front of me. Lubbock is the most isolated home to a power five university in the entire country in terms of its distance, not just from population centers in general, but it's distance from population centers where it's alumni live. And so it's, it's hard enough for some people to get there for a Saturday game. Thursday night is just that much harder because it's in the middle of the work week. Even a Friday for that game would have been, I think more manageable. Um, having said that, if you're winning, it'll take care of itself because that 2013 Thursday night game against TCU yeah. was full, and the energy was amazing. And you were only three and zero or four and zero when that game happened. So I think winning takes care of itself. But I was a little bit bummed to see one any Thursday night games because that's no bueno. But specifically that one. I thought you were pro Big 12 playing Thursday night games. I'm pro I'm pro us playing Thursday or Friday. Of the two, I would prefer Friday. And in an ideal world, other Big 12 schools are hosting those Friday games, not us. But I get it's going to happen to you. If the conference is doing it, then – Right. But hopefully this is not an occurrence that happens more than once every three years, I think would be fair. Um, it, and it's different too on the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Like I, I don't even really consider that. I know that's on Friday, but to me, that's that's whatever. That's um, so I, I think the Big Twelve owes us one. Okay, we don't get Oklahoma, we don't get Oklahoma State. Our biggest quote unquote rivalry home game, TCU, is going to be a Thursday. You know, Baylor is in Waco. Uh, Houston is in Lubbock. Maybe they want that to be East Texas West Texas rivalry. 
but I think that's a legitimate gripe. I think how it sets up Houston at home, um, TCU at home, and then you have Baylor and Texas on the road. I would assume Oklahoma State will replace Texas when Texas leaves, and that'll be your kind of every year's thing. But maybe not. Maybe maybe BYU and UCF and the Texas schools are going to be a South kind of pod, and, and that's going to be what you have, and you're just not going to play Oklahoma State very often. Yeah, I'm curious. And this is a conversation for a future podcast, but I'm curious to see where the scheduling goes when you go to 12 teams. Um, do they structure it in any way with pods, divisions, protected rivals, or are they just going to do this every year and say, like, we'll announce the schedule when we announce it? And um, So you, you get – Two of the newcomers, UCF in Lubbock and then BYU in Provo, which I think, I don't want to speak for you, I think that tops both of our lists of destination games among the newcomers. Um, they have a they, they have the largest stadium in the Big 12 uh, or after Texas and OU leave. Scenic mountain backdrop, I think that's a cool spot. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to go. Um, and the other gripe I have is just the difficulty of your schedule, which – don't get me wrong. We're coached by Joey McGuire, so we fear no one. But you got a little bit hosed in terms of the four teams that you don't get to play. Um, I think it was Sam Kahn with The Athletic. He totaled up the wins from last season that the four teams, each Big 12 team, doesn't play next season. And we got the short end of the stick. I think it was like we were, the, we were number 13 out of 14 in terms of how weak the four teams that we're not playing are. And so I think you miss out on some easier wins against programs like a reeling Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Cincinnati with a first-year head coach. Um, I don't think Oklahoma will be as bad as they were last season. Um, but I think you're going to have one of the tougher schedules in the conference. If which you could trade – yeah, bring it on. If you, Joey Bigna, if you could trade uh, one uh, with one schedule, what would you trade with? Um, there's two. There's one I think that's really easy, and then one I would just prefer. I think, yeah, I think I would swap. I mean, I want to get acquainted with the newcomers, but I would probably swap like a UCF for Oklahoma State on the schedule. Like, I want Oklahoma State on the schedule for sure. No, if you uh, could swap somebody's schedule. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd have to have it in front of me. So Baylor has eight home games. Yeah, ridiculous. Of course, all three of their non-conference are home games. They have eight home games, and then they play TCU in Fort Worth, which is yeah within an hour of all of their alumni. So that's a great schedule for them. And then I think if we look back at Sam Khan's compilation, Oklahoma State would have the the easiest schedule. Yeah, they got screwed though in terms of like intrigue level. They don't play any of the legacy Texas schools. So Houston no. is the only school from Texas on their schedule. Yeah. Um, they, of course, get Bedlam. Um, but I think they were missing, like, yeah, they're missing Baylor, TCU, and Tech. And then I don't know which of the newcomers they got. Uh, but I think a lot of a lot of their fans were pretty displeased with that schedule. And I and I don't blame them. Yeah, I would not win Oklahoma State's schedule. It, that, that's just kind of the juxtaposition. Yeah, theirs is easy, but who cares a lot of yeah. it? Uh, I think I, part of part of my overall gripe with Texas Tech's schedule and some of the scheduling as a whole was you're going to have to sort of 
uh, lean into some new rivalries and maybe even manufacture something there. And I feel like we were just kind of getting to that point with like Tech and Oklahoma State. The Dust Bowl name caught on. Both programs realize you're losing your big in-state rival, so we got to look for something new. Um, West Virginia and Iowa State created this Riot Bowl thing. Have you seen that? Yes. Uh, like the gas can. can. Yeah. And there's no Riot Bowl on the schedule. And so it's like, again, I know they're in a difficult spot this year, um, but I wish some games like that would have been maintained. You do get Farmageddon on Rivalry Week, which I think is cool. Um do you think it's a failing of your mark not knowing the Big 12 good enough to not put the Riot Bowl on, or, or do you think that was a, a calculated decision? I think it's probably just one. I think their hands were tied. Like, I think there's only so many ways you could fit the puzzle together. And because there are some that, like, you just, they weren't going to break up Texas and OU or Bedlam or, um, like Cincinnati, West Virginia, I think we're probably always destined to play each other. Um, Kansas, Kansas State, like you can't separate some of those games. Um, and I think they also wanted to be mindful, like we can't give, we can't give anybody like neither of Texas and OU, and we can't give anybody like all four of the newcomers. And so I think it was probably also a bit of a short term. Okay, you don't get the Dust Bowl this year or the Riot Bowl this year, but after Texas and OU leave, like we'll have that every year. Um, because I think that even okay, so like Houston and UCF, you've got the two cities that are most known for aerospace in the entire country. So make something up, call it the space race, and like they need to play every year, right? Uh, and I don't know if Houston and UCF are on each other's schedule in this iteration or not. Um, like the the Cincinnati. Uh, area they need to play west virginia the kansas schools iowa state um, maybe ucf because they've been in a conference for a little while together so i hope that they do long term when they don't have to maneuver around texas and OU. hope they lean into some of those even if they're like totally manufactured rivalries i think you need to just like dredge that up and play into it speaking of it feels like uh the big 12 did kind of lean into some rivalry week stuff i want to see more of it I want them to pick a week like the SEC does and have a rivalry week. Um, Kansas State playing back-to-back, Sunflower Showdown, and then Farmageddon. Uh, Big Hen wants to know which which is the bigger rivalry, but um, that's going to be a two-week hell on Kansas State Twitter. They're going to be so... Uh, just worn out. I I don't know if they'll be able to win both. Even if Iowa State stinks, it's really hard to win two emotional games in a row. But if you look down the schedule, the the last two weeks has a lot of those kind of games. Uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Um, yeah, I, I was trying to think of who you like. If you have a a pair that always plays on rivalry week, some of that makes a lot of sense. Um, like Baylor TCU. But like, if your tech is Oklahoma State or is Houston, you're designated. You know, would they put uh, like who would be BYU's rival? Because like, they could give West Virginia to Cincinnati. I think that's a good pairing. But then like, who does UCF? Uh, I think you put UCF and Houston space race rivalry weekend. West Virginia Cincinnati, um, and you have to put BYU with like whoever loses out on Baylor. Uh, no. <laughs> Baylor's TCU, the rivalry. 
TCU Texas Tech. For the it's saddle, such okay. natu- it's such a natural fit. Okay, you could do this. You could have two kind of rivalry weeks. Start the season with one, end the season with one. So, yeah. like Kansas State, they open with Farmageddon and they end in the Sunflower Showdown. TCU, o- TCU opens with Battle for the Saddle. They end with Revivalry, or you know, just do it like that, some kind of way. I like that. That'd be fun. So, like, you bookend your entire Big Twelve schedule with a, a rivalry, even if it's completely made up. Like, what what what, what did we nickname Baylor versus BYU? It was like the potluck. Something, uh, yeah, it was something like that. Like the friendliest rivalry ever. <laughs> Some kind of the Baptists versus the Mormons or something. Yeah, yeah. So, the bike race. Yeah. Oklahoma State going away from Texas Tech. By the way, the Lady Raiders losing seventy-two eighty-six. Dang it! They are just so close. Um Big 12 road wins are tough, and they just they don't have the steam to finish off Big 12 games on the road. Yeah, they're on the doorstep. They're very close. All right, um, let's continue the Oklahoma State talk. We were just talking about their schedule a little bit. Um, they hired a new defensive coordinator last week. We didn't get to it. Um, uh, allow me to ask you a leading question. Uh, could Oklahoma State not find anyone else besides Brian Hardo, sorry, Nardo, from a Division II school who has not been able to get a job anywhere else, or at least not gotten a job anywhere else besides Division II? Seven years at a D2 in Kansas. Now he's at some D2 in uh, the Pennsylvania College Athletics Conference or something. Can can Nardo not get a job, and can can Gundy not find anyone else with experience to come there, or was this a good hire? I'll say two things. The first is that I don't think Gundy has a care in the world about how the hire is perceived. He's not yeah. thinking in terms of like, oh, hey, if I hire a D2 guy, I'm going to really have to massage the PR and sell this to the fan base. That's just not who he is anymore. I don't think he ever has been, but especially now he's just um, – I don't know the word I'm looking for. Stubborn and nard dog. <laughs> um, so I think he's like, hey, this is my hire. I like his scheme. And that's that. And like, he doesn't care. Well, it's worked before. It worked with Yursich. I think also a lot of people looked at our hire of Joey McGuire last year. And this was a not the same type of jump, but. Oh, you're hiring a high school coach, no head coaching experience at the college level, no coordinator experience at the college level. What is tech doing? And you probably got mocked. I, I know you got mocked by other programs for hiring a quote high school coach. Still now, get mocked sometimes. Yeah. Now Joey took that in stride and said, Yeah, I'm a I'm a high school coach who coaches college football. And he beat a lot of people's ass who tried to use that insult. And so, you know, we're like kind of laughing now at Oklahoma State, but if they have a top quarter of the Big 12 defense next year, they'll certainly get the last lap. I'm not predicting that that's going to happen. Um, but I don't know. I I think Gundy is just at this stage in his career where uh, he doesn't give a damn how anything is perceived, and he's going to do it his way until the ship sinks or they 
throw them overboard. Um, yeah. And, you know, that is just what it is. I, I'm, I'm surprised at it in the sense that Oklahoma State is a program with resources and, and they've been very good consistently for a decade and a half. You'd think they'd be an attractive coordinator spot for for more of an up-and-comer in terms of like an elite group of five defensive coordinator or a co-defensive coordinator at a power five or like a position coach at a power five who's wanting to make the jump to full-time coordinator. So it's surprising in that sense that maybe it wasn't a little more attractive, but again, I just don't think Gundy is like making your conventional orthodox list of DC candidates and going off of that. And so he's not afraid to make decisions like this. Sometimes they work out for him. Sometimes they don't. And I guess we'll see how this one goes. I think people are more upset that he retained the offensive coordinator than than the the hiring of the new DC. Casey Dunn. Because there was uh, quarterbacks who had left the program liking tweets about fans saying, I can't believe this joker is still the OC. Yeah. Um, I guess you admire the loyalty to the coaching staff, but. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, and then you've got all this stuff with Spencer Sanders leaving. Like, Was that because of Gundy? Was that because of the OC? Was it because of something different? Um, seven, seven starters? Yeah. From the portal? And so I was – the day they announced that defensive coordinator hire, everybody's collective reaction was, who is this guy? Yeah. And again, that could work out for them as well as it did when Texas Tech hired a – pretty no-name head coach um but their their fans their fans have two subsets one is very loyal to gundy and they look at all he has done for the program and they say trust him even if he's wrong like he's earned the right to do it his way and he'll get it figured out eventually and then the second subset i think without realizing it have such an appreciation for what gundy has done for that program and the amount that he has elevated that program that their expectations now exceed anything Gundy has ever delivered there, despite him being far and away their best head coach in program history. And so the exact line that stuck with me in their Twitter spaces was this fan. He was like, are you really satisfied with going nine and three every year? And like pull up the five or 10 blue bloods of college football, their win percentage is about 75%, maybe a little bit better all time. And I'm talking like, you know, Michigan, Nebraska, and so the fact that now at that program, nine and three is just like beneath them, I, I guess in the in the eyes of some fans, speaks to how good Gundy has been because he has won 10 plus games so many times there. Now they have not gotten over the hump as much as they would like in terms of conference championships, but they've been in New Year's six games. They've won New Year's six games. And so the, the level of did it, of, of dissatisfaction with Gundy is a little bit surprising to me. And I guess it is just sort of the natural arc of things when your greatest coach of all time hits a certain milestone, 10 years, 15 years, people get fed up. Like, well, when are we going to the next level? It's like, well, you know, this might be our ceiling and we've been at our ceiling for a decade. And like, if you told me, Rob, that in 10 years, Joey would have seven, 10 win seasons, and we'd all be pissed off at nine and three. I would take it in a heartbeat. But when and you're zero, zero Big Twelve championship game wins, yeah. But I guess when you're in the in the passenger seat there, and like that's the team you actually root for, 
you get fed up with it and you, you always want more. Um, and, and it, you know, some of it to me is funny because again, you've got two subsets of fans and one is saying like, Hey, you're not going to get blue chip prospects to still water. They're going to go to the big blue blood programs. Then you've got other people saying like, well, they can recruit them to Norman. So why can't we recruit them to Stillwater? Like, well, it's because OU is a blue blood program. That's why. Um, and so anyway, it, uh, I'm fascinated to see where that program, because of the remaining schools, they have, I think, probably without argument, the best 10 or 15 year resume out of anyone that's staying in the conference. I also think that Gundy is kind of losing it and the wheels are falling off. And so they're the program I'm most fascinated to see where they are five years from now, 10 years from now versus this collective 15 year period that Gundy has been there and how good they've been. And I think that their fans are going to miss him once he's gone. Oklahoma state is 10th in overall wins since 2013 from 13 to 22. And see, that's, nine. And that's, after, that's after their good 2012 season and their great 2011 season when they went 12-1 and one and won the Fiesta Bowl. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is, isn't it the, like the most empty? A- Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia all have national championships. Oklahoma has made the playoffs. Notre Dame has played in national championship games. Boise State, I wouldn't count them. Wisconsin has played in multiple Big Ten championship games. Did they win one? I don't think so. Uh, they might have won one. They LSU, won the first. Yeah, back in 2013. I can't remember. LSU, national championship, uh, two in that stretch maybe. And then Oklahoma State. They're just – I think I that's – past it. Oregon, Michigan – Playoff experience, playoff experience. I think that's the crux of the issue is they have all the wins, but like they still lack in Bedlam. Like they're not batting 500 against Oklahoma in that stretch. Uh, They don't have a conference championship in that stretch. And like I said, they've got a couple New Year's six under their belt, but I guess that's not enough for them. Is that, is that an attractive allure? Would I prefer to do that? Yes. Would I be frustrated after a decade of being close? Yeah, I would be. And, and I'm well, old enough to remember when Texas Tech fans were mad at Mike Leach in 2008 because he just never got to the promised land, and maybe he won't ever. And people talk about it now like we didn't want him gone, but it was really frustrating that he was so close for three or four years in a row, and he was still talking to other people about other jobs. And I think that's like the one thing that Mike Gundy doesn't do every year, but he has try to get that job. Well, I think it's a matter of like, obviously not all wins are created equal. So like if you take two programs and they've both won 80 games over the last 10 years, but one of them literally wins eight games every year and the other wins 12 and then goes down to six and then back up to eight, you know, but they've got a, a playoff appearance, a conference championship, like that fan base is going to be way happier with the 80 wins in 10 years, even if they have a losing season or two, than the program that goes eight and four every year. Would you rather be, since 2017, Baylor or Oklahoma State? 
Oh, Baylor. And they have a two and seven season and uh, another really bad season. Obviously, they won the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State, but still, it feels like their highs are higher. Yeah, they, they have a, a Big 12 championship win. They have a Sugar Bowl win. They have a Big 12 championship game appearance where they lost to OU. And I think they lost the Sugar Bowl that year. I can't remember which bowl they played in, but they got a, a New Year's Six. Um, but yeah, and like not terribly remarkable outside of that, but give me the higher mountaintop and the lower valley. Uh, if it means like I, we kind of joke about banners fly forever, but like if you win the Big 12, then you have three down years, you still won the Big 12. Yeah. Like, give me one Big 12 title every three years and the other two, like, six and six versus nine and three every year. You never win the Big 12, but you never go six and six. It's like, yeah, Dave Aranda has a sub-500 record in Big 12 play. Or, or like – Championship win. Yeah, or or LSU, the season after they won the Natty was the COVID year, and they didn't even go to a bowl game. They they won, like, four or five games in the COVID-shortened season. Yeah. And, like, do you think any of their fans were, like – distraught at the two-year or the five-year window? No, absolutely not. They want a natty. Yeah. Now, yeah, they still fired their coach. Like well, that was <laughs> um, he was hitting but, on uh, the booster's uh, wife at the gas pump or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, Auburn, uh, they win the natty with Cam Newton. They go like four and eight the next year. Yeah. If you told me we're going to win the natty next year, but uh, you have to sign up for four and eight the year after, like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. All yes. day. <laughs> and if you told me you were going to get 100 wins in the next decade, but you would not win a conference championship game or uh, appear in a playoff, or you could roll the dice, it's I'm probably rolling the dice. This might not be the best comparison, but it's also kind of like Mac Brown at Texas. He won 10 games every year. Yeah. But didn't beat OU a lot uh, in that first stretch. Won one national championship. Colt McCoy got hurt in the other one. Had some really good one-loss seasons where they played in a Rose Bowl or a Fiesta Bowl. And then as soon as he tapered off to, well, they had one really bad year. I think they went like five and seven with Garrett Gilbert. But then it was like eight wins. And they said, yeah, that's not good enough. And if he had had three national championships, I think they couldn't have fired him. You know, But he had one, which is really good. And then, like, a bunch of really good seasons, but not amazing seasons. And they were like, well, we want to turn the corner. We want to win the Natty. That's our expectation. Of course, they haven't sniffed it since Mac Brown. But um, I think that's basically where Oklahoma State fans are. They're like, well, we don't want nine wins. We want Big 12 titles. We want to beat OU. We want to win New Year's Six games. And he's, like, not quite. He's still a game or two away, even though he's operating at the program's historic ceiling. It, it has to be frustrating. And it has to be frustrating that even with all of that, the teams that are improving are embracing NIL and embracing the transfer portal. Yeah. And he's talking about how stupid it is and how they don't know the value of hard work and calling it bullshit on, on a, a, I guess, a podcast, or else he couldn't have said the word bullshit. Sorry, I said it again. A family show. I was quoting Mike Gundy. It wasn't me. It was Mike Gundy who said this. And basically saying, yeah, you know, I don't have Twitter, but I got guys that keep up with it and tell me about it. And 
I think Twitter's blowing this all out of proportion. And, you know, I talked to 15, 20 of our guys, and we just laughed about it. It's like you're just laughing at, at the culture that that Twitter says is bad. You said it was bad. You said it was bad in multiple press conferences this season about how bad it was. Yeah, it's just one of those things you have to adapt. I mean, no coach, no program is just going to – um, exceed or elevate beyond like the world that the rest of us are living in. And so it's an Instagram society. When a kid comes on a visit, he wants to wear the Jersey and do the photo shoot. And if you think that's stupid and that he shouldn't be focused on social media clout, fine, but he's probably going to commit to another school. Cause he's going to enjoy his visit at the school that will give him a photo shoot in the Jersey. And so that's like basically how I feel about Gundy. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. We don't want kids that you know, have that mindset anyway. It's like, okay, well, prepare to lose every recruiting battle. Um, and it, it, I just don't see it working. Oklahoma State ranks 59th in recruiting, 11th in the new Big 12, or I guess just in the Big 12 because the other schools haven't left yet. Um, do you want to guess – you might know the number already – how many transfers have come in to Oklahoma State after he said he didn't like the transfer portal? Mm, how many? 13. You know, some of the schools they're transferring in from. And I'm not saying you can't find talent from lower divisions. Yeah. But there's an up and down here, all right? Uh, first three, Big Ten transfers, Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, and then there's, it looks like, a Utah Tech, the Trailblazers. George Fox. I'm guessing that's a JUCO. Uh, the California Vulcans. I don't know what that is. UNLV. Arkansas State. Tulsa. Texas State. UMass. Tulsa. And Washington State. Okay. Good luck. Good luck, Gundy. And, and I, you know what? Kudos to him for going out and finding thirteen guys to replace his starters. But I, I can't. I can't think that Oklahoma State's going to be good this year. No, I just think rather than trying to buck the the system and the landscape and the way it all is now, you have to find a way to operate within the confines of it and say like, okay, it's an Instagram society, but no phones during this team meeting. And then whatever y'all want to post, post it. Or like, we're going to do NIL, but we're going to do it in a way that like, we're not going to give you a Ferrari, but we'll have a collective like the Matador club where, you know, everybody gets a baseline amount. And uh, then if you want to do individual deals, fine, we're going to do the portal. But like, like I think Joey has a good philosophy kids that left. Now he doesn't stick to this exclusively, but he has sort of a baseline if you're a Texas high school guy who went to Minnesota or Cal and you want to come closer to home, like that's a good profile fit for Joey. And so say like, okay, we're going to take a limited number of transfers. We're not going to live in the portal, but we understand we're going to have to plug some and like, we're going to get this type of player, but just the, the refusal to engage with any of it at all, I think is going to, it's going to have a, a short lifespan. Uh, I have one story left. 
we want to move on from Mike Gundy. Do you, do you have anything yeah. else you want to talk about? Any big nope. stories? All right, so this is something I just found uh, right before we recorded. Um, there's a, a story emanating out of the Big Ten of a student organization at Illinois who bought 200 tickets and buses, chartered buses, to go to Iowa for the game. Illinois bought two, a student organization, student-run organ. It's like if Raider Riot bought 200 tickets and is going to Fort Worth. Yeah. Iowa has notified this student-run organization that their tickets are no longer valid. And it's too late to cancel these $6,000 charter buses. So this student-run organization is just out because Iowa is not letting them use Okay, time out. I'm lost. I completely missed that Jeremiah Donati took the AD job at Iowa. Right. That's news to me. It, it, okay, so <laughs> 150 students that collectively fundraised $2,649.41 for local charitable organizations in order to be invited on the trip uh, can't go. Well, and Iowa yeah. has pathetic, they've had pathetic basketball attendance this season. I, I hate this. If this is like a new pattern in college athletics of like, hey, our fans don't want to fill the arena or the stadium. So even if you want to buy tickets or have bought tickets, we're just going to void them. That is so, that looks worse than the opposing fan base just showing up and having a presence at your stadium or your arena. Like, because now this is a national news story that, a Texas Tech podcast is talking about, and you and I wouldn't know anything about the Illinois-Iowa game if not for it. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I watch a lot of lawyer shows on TV. Um, There's got to be a lawsuit in there somewhere, huh? They just voided out 200 tickets? I don't know how that works. Yeah, because it's like kind of a contract, sort of. I'm not a lawyer either. I I call Barnett, Howard, and Williams for all my legal needs, which are... Uh, many, as you know. Should we send them this story? Well, you don't want <laughs> to call them, but if you need to. Yeah, no, I'm just joking there. Um, yeah, this might be... No, I think they normally do like catastrophic injury, criminal defense, but I don't know if they do collegiate athletics ticket law, maybe. I mean, if these 200 tickets are 10 bucks, and they're probably more expensive than that, but I don't know if they void and refunded. That's I mean, you're talking about you're talking about potentially eight, eight to ten grand that is just burnt from a student organization. They say their student organization budget is thirty thousand a year, so a third of the budget to not go to one game. That's so bush league. I hate that. If you know, I was, you, you know what you could do if you're not if you're a college AD and you don't want the opposing fan base to come take over your arena, give away tickets to the home team. Yeah, or you know, God forbid, put a good enough product out on the floor that people in your community want to buy the tickets for. That too. But then, yeah, do the do the game for the, the disadvantaged youth and let a thousand kids come in through the, the Boys and Girls Club or, or whoever. You know, because like Texas Tech always has that when the students go out of town, the students can give away their student tickets. Um, and the arena fills up during Christmas break with just like area high school, middle school, elementary kids. Yeah. Do that, or I don't know. Give them to your corporate sponsors. Say like, "Hey, your allotment is double for this game." 
bring any of your customers or, you know, I, I don't know, but I think that's just a horrible look. It's awful. And I, I, I will be following this story cause it really intrigues me. Again, I just kind of saw it as we were starting when you were trying to name uh, all 1000 group of five schools in college football, but it, it just, it's crazy. And I, I have yet to see, I, I'm going to look at, to see if Iowa has a response, if, if they're going to say, oh, no, you know, that's not exactly how it happened or try to spin it somehow, I, I, they should. But pretty wild, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Hey, before we get to the Diversified Lenders Discord mailbag, I just wanted to extend my congratulations to you on uh, your new relationship with Margot Robbie. Thank you. Rob Robbie. I don't kiss and tell, but uh, I did get a lot of comments on um, that. Uh, so I think some people maybe thought it was real. Uh, a couple. One no, guy tried I wouldn't to put it. Me. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past you. You've, you've got some serious game, but that's, that's been a meme for like a week on Twitter. They should know that anybody dating Margot Robbie is not real. Yeah. Or maybe they realized that all the other ones couldn't be real. And they were like, okay, this one seems legit. Well, I mean, who stacks up to me? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people saying that you settled. Is that true? No, no, that that is far from the case. Have you seen Babylon? Uh, I don't think so. Wall Street? Yeah. Did you see Are I, Tonya? You ever doing Quaaludes? Are we just going to name Margot Robbie movies now? Have you ever you seen, seen I, I Tonya? Yes, I have. Did you see uh, Suicide Squad? I did, both of them. Birds of Prey. Did you see that one? No. She's Barbie. Know. Barbie just came out. Oh. All right, you know more Mar- Margot Robbie movies than I do. <laughs> Rob wins. I'm a big fan, man. Birds of Prey was pretty good. Okay, if you want to submit a question on the Diversified Lenders <laughs> mailbag, join our Patreon community, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Gets you access to the Discord server. It's a lot of fun. And you get to submit some of the questions that we're about to go through now. Sorry, I'm getting to them. The suspense is building. My bad, my bad. Do you want to name uh, Big Ten schools while I look? Yeah, okay. Give me Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, Illinois, Northwestern, Indiana, Purdue. I think that's all of them. UCA, U- USC, UCLA. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't forget those. Uh, yes, I am a good boyfriend. I've, I've seen all her movies. Uh, you can't say I'm not supportive. That's true. Do you know uh, Mateo Nomeo is in the, the second Suicide Squad? <laughs> I did not. Hold up. <laughs> yeah, have you seen it? No. Oh, well, you have to look it up. Did you see the, the Peacemaker series on HBO Max? Nope. Okay, all right, never mind. Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, but well, you, you knew Suicide Squad. Have you ever seen that, or you just knew it was her? Yeah, I just knew that she was in it. Okay. Do you know her name in it? Uh, Harley Quinn? There you go. See? Look at you. I thought that was like a trick question. Who was the Joker? That was Jared Leto Joker, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, I've got tomorrow's start bench cut. Heath Ledger, 
Jack Are Nicholson, walking oh, okay. Phoenix. Okay. Because because I think Jared Leto's just an easy cut. That's not compelling. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do Joker. Who's the third? Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson. Joaquin Phoenix. You what? Cesar Romano. Romero. Romero. What I say? Romano. Isn't that his name? Cesar Romano. Romero. R- Romero. I'm pretty sure. The old Adam West Batman. Adam West. <laughs> R.I.P. To, to several of those people we just talked about. <laughs> when do we? What? What? What day do I need to go back to? Uh, well, we didn't do one for the People's Post game, so like Sunday was when the last time we did a Discord mailbag. Okay. Who realistically could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl in the next five to ten years outside of the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals? Yeah, so I think the premise of this question is funny because NFL stands for not for long. And three years ago, I bet Lamar Jackson and the Ravens would have been in that question. Now they're like not very serious contenders. He, he doesn't even have a contract with the Ravens. And so um, it, things change fast. I Maybe this is stupid. I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think Doug Peterson is a good coach. I don't trust the Jaguars as an organization, but if God willing, they could actually like have some good drafts and free agency periods. I think they could make a run in the AFC. Um, I feel like Herbert and the Chargers have been fool's gold this whole time. Like so much potential, so many flashes, and then they never do anything in the playoffs. Kellen Moore. Yeah, I mean, um. So anyway, all, all that to say, I think, I think a lot of teams could, within three to five years, rise up and be legitimate contenders. I think, I think the Chiefs have very much solidified themselves as a staple in that equation. I think the Bills will be too. Um, but yeah, even a team that's completely off the radar right now, five years from now, could be a totally legit contender. I think if you wanted one, it would be the Jags. Um, you have to. I'll be interested to see if the Bengals can keep that wide receiver core and offense together once they pay Joe Burrow. Right. Is it completely out of the realm of possibility that five years from now, we might think very highly of D'Amico Ryans as a head coach? And if they have a franchise quarterback, let's say C.J. Stroud, I mean, that's that's two of the main things. If you have a head coach and a quarterback, you can – I mean, three years ago, we thought Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien were going to be in the Super yeah. Bowl. Things change really fast in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, uh, lots of Texan smack talk here. Oh, did you see who was interviewing with the Commanders as an offensive coordinator? I don't think so. Anthony Lynn. Okay. Former Texas Tech running back, Anthony Lynn. Yeah. Um, man, is lots of Texas Tech. Uh, in light of the incident, in light of the incident with the West Virginia player at TCU last night, did you see that? Yeah. Um, what is your favorite Yo Mama joke? Mm. Man, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, I would have to think of some Yo Mama jokes. I don't know if I could. The only one I can even remember is 
your mom was so fat, she sat on the rainbow and made Skittles. That's a good one. Your mom is so dumb, she tripped on a cordless phone. That kind of dumb stuff. My, uh, this is a quick getting to know the gauchos. Of course. Is it about I've, got, I've got some young nephews. All uh, I was about to say all, all boys. Uh, I already said nephews. Um, right. My sister's kids, and they're all boys. Introduced them to the constant knock knock joke one time, and they thought it was hilarious. And then they tried to run. So I hit it with like real knock knock joke. Like, knock knock, who's there? Boo who and then like don't cry it's only a joke but then they would try to tell a knock knock joke and like to say that they made no sense is an understatement they would just like look for objects with an eyesight and so they're like knock knock i'd say who's there and they're like uh crayon and i go crayon who and they're like crayon uh superhero and then they would just like bust out laughing yeah and so then i thought it was like legitimately funny because like crayon superhero is a stupid punchline. so I, I still don't know if they know how to tell a knock knock joke but I need to brush up on my Yo Mama jokes because it's been a while. Can I make a remark about the TCU student section? Yeah. So you have that last night. Uh, uh, videos on Twitter from when TCU played Kansas State in football of TCU students like cussing out K-State fans. Now, uh -huh. K-State fans alleged that they were throwing a bunch of crap on the field. I don't know if that's true. Um, I feel like it's one of those things like we would have had footage that maybe like one or two people threw something on the field, and so it wasn't very noticeable. But that's two incidents in two different sports just from this academic calendar year um, that don't shine a super positive light on the TCU student section. What are you trying to say? That I just said it, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I think you said something that you try to defend uh, against all the time with Texas what Tech. Mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? What What do I? What did I say that I was trying to defend against? Well, I just the the reputation that uh, the fan base is rowdy that you try to defend oh. against here. Yeah, I also think like so. Everybody saw these clips of Eagles fans before the NFC Championship game. And I think somebody remarked in the Discord exactly what I was thinking when I saw those clips, that Eagles fans are what people think Texas Tech fans are. And yet there are like no videos of Texas Tech fans doing that anywhere on the internet. And there's a million videos of Eagles fans doing that on the internet. So I'm like, all of you who say that you have the worst experience at the Jones and it's just the most abusive fan base you've ever encountered – just pull out your phone and hit record next time. Yeah. Like it, we've all had smartphones in our pockets for 15 years and like, we're just missing a shred of evidence on this. And so I don't get how that reputation is stuck in the, in the smartphone era. Cause if it were really that bad, you could just take a video walking through the tailgate area and we would line up like Eagles fans and cuss you out. But like I've seen fans walk past our tailgate I've sat next to opposing fans, and it's just a very mundane experience from everything I've seen. Except the Texas guy. Oh, the Texas guy play. who the Texas guy who was not sitting in the seat that he paid for and chirped at me first. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even throw a battery at him though. I just chirped back. You should have. 
You should have thrown this battery at him. <laughs> uh, start bench cut amazing by Aerosmith, amazing by Kanye West, and amazed by Lone Star. You want to take on this? I would love one. I, I hate when people don't abide by the rules of start bench cut, but I hate all three. <laughs> really? I, I figured you for a Lone Star fan. I like other songs. In fact, I think I sang that chorus on this show before. No, I sang I'm Already There, Not Amazed. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I like Aerosmith. I'll, I'll probably I'll play by the rules. Start Aerosmith, Bench, Lone Star, Cut, Kanye, but I don't like any of those. Okay. What about you? I don't know that I could... Uh... I mean, I'd probably start Lone Star, but I don't. I don't know that I. I'd have to listen to both the other ones. I mean, are you are you cutting Kanye just in light of recent shenanigans? I is didn't he, say cut Kanye. Is he canceled? I didn't say cut Kanye. Oh no, I'm I'm asking like, would you cut Kanye on that basis? Is that why you cut him? Uh, it's part of it. I also just don't like that. Like, if they're if the songs are equally bad, then why not cut? Kanye like the person <laughs> I can separate uh, Kanye the person with Kanye the music oh yeah I don't I'm not saying like nobody should listen to his music but I'm like if if it's a tiebreaker why not just err on that side of things I mean Steven Tyler's a stand-up human being and has never done anything wrong well he uh I think has committed himself to doing a little bit better and has for decades and maybe relapsed once or twice or eight or ten times, but he's trying. I mean, I, I like Kanye's music. I'm not going to cut him. Did Did Steven Tyler do anything wrong besides like cocaine? Like, does he have? <laughs> I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure he had some uh, questionable girlfriends. I mean, he's going on like a 50 year career, and so uh, that's a lot of time to screw up. Oh, um, sure. Anyway, no, I would not start Car- uh, Kanye the human being. Is that what you're trying to get me to say? <laughs> no, no, I just there's good people on both sides, Kyle. Um, start bench cut, sun drop, squirt, and starry. Sun drop, drop top. Um, I'm starting squirt, benching sun drop, and cutting starry. I've never even heard of that. I don't know what that is. Starry is the new Sierra Mist. I think it said like zero sugar though. So no, that's which I never loved. Sierra Mist. I, I think I've ranted about this before. Why do you hate zero sugar drinks? If I'm drinking a soda, like right. health is not a consideration. I've told you this when I worked at the movie theater. People were like, "Yeah, give me three gallons of popcorn, but like easy on the butter." Like, what are you? What diet are you on? You're eating a yeah. bathtub full of popcorn. Of course, pretty healthy for you. Like, if you're going to drink a half a gallon of Diet Coke, just get a regular Coke. Neither one is good for you. Just lean into it. So, no, I don't want a soda with zero sugar. I'm drinking the soda for the sugar. Makes no sense. Full-leaded soda is too sweet for me. It's like throwing in a no-duels on a on a beer start bench cut. Unless I'm... What's wrong with no-duels? I mean, it's, unless you're completely sober, then like, yeah, definitely drink O'Doul's. But why would I drink that over Miller Lite or something? I've got some some in a bush in there. I hope this video is not still on the internet. You, never mind. You, oh. uh, actually, I should I should just finish the thought. Uh, in high school, 
we we were bored in the summer, you know, because like school's out, yeah. there's no sports. Uh, we made a most interesting man in the world commercial, uh, but did it with Oduls because it was like me and my youth group friends. Yeah. And so we did our own, like, you know, he can parallel park a train and, you know, four or five of those. And then it was like, I don't always drink, but when I do, it's Oduls. And it was just like, it's stupid. Like the youth group thought it was hilarious because it's non-alcoholic beer. Right. How'd you get your hands on that? I don't remember if my friend's dad bought it for us. What? Do you have to be of age to buy O'Doul's? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you do. That that was like a problem we ran into. I think his dad bought it for us. I also have an embarrassing video on YouTube uh, about a uh, uh, hundred ways to light a match. Okay. And my ears are pierced in it. You had your ears pierced? Yes, big studs. <laughs> I'll try to go find it and send it to you. But it can't end up on Twitter. I will yeah, send okay. it to you, but it can't end up on Twitter. We'll put it yeah. in the Discord. Pinky promise. We'll put it in the Discord. Yeah. You got to pay five bucks a month to see it. Yeah. Final thoughts? Is that it? That was it. Man, we need more mailbag questions next yeah. time. Next anything time. on the chat? I haven't seen anything in the chat. We're talking about the Lady Raiders game. Game day gets uh, pretty exciting. There's a lot of squirt jokes after the start bench cut. Okay, yep, don't need to go there. Well, I mean, just like that they don't like the soda. That's all I was saying. It's the okay. new serum. Uh, didn't you start squirt? Yeah, and then I bench sun drop cut starry. Yeah. It's 7 o'clock. Do you know where uh, Usher is? Uh, 7 o'clock on the dot? He'd be in the drop top, right? But what's he doing in the drop top? He's cruising the streets, man. <laughs> uh, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones want Zeke Elliott back. Cowboys deserve that. Any franchise that pays for running Did back. Did you see... God. I don't really want to talk about the Cowboys. We don't have to. Did you see their offensive coordinator hire? No, who is it? Well, not offensive coordinator, uh, defensive line, uh, offensive line coach. No, it's a Seahawks offensive line coach from eighteen to twenty-one, and then they fired him. He had he didn't have a job this year. He was with the Giants with Ben McAdoo. <laughs> he had one year with the Packers. I. Uh, uh, McCarthy's really going to call plays. He really is. Can y'all go get Aaron Rodgers? I, <laughs> uh, the Packers said they won't trade him inside the NFC, but I would like that. I feel like they always have to say that for posturing. Yeah. I mean, the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett just to get him to the Jets. I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would want to play for Mike McCarthy. I mean, he ran him out of town. Maybe it's one of those grass is always greener things and he'd want to reunite, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Ryan says, uh, we all have YouTube dirt from our high school days. Yeah. That's the crappy part about being a a young person. Yeah. It's like our parents did stupid stuff, but nobody was recording. Kyler and Cliff reunite in Dallas. Quit trying to get rid of Kyler, man. Big hands of the big Cardinals fan, but he hates Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray has never lost at AT&T Stadium. 
So bring them on. Cowboys will win eight or nine games a year. Guaranteed. <laughs> Biggins says, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts? It's been an hour and a half. Final thoughts. I love <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Screw you. We're done. You know what I feel like doing? You know that Bill O'Reilly rant? We'll do it live. Sorry, final thoughts? No, I need like my own version of that. Like, like you shut up. I'm talking. I'll do it. We'll do it live. Oh, my God. The people want you to name the big American. The big American? Yeah. You don't remember that? No. What's that? When uh, I was going to control the Big 12 and the American Athletic and merge them. Oh. Best of both. Isn't that more or less what we did? Yeah. I, if you hadn't noticed, I'm generally right, Kyle. So, <laughs> Well, even when you're wrong, you'll just say, oh, I didn't actually say that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to not always be right when, when you can operate that way. Exactly. Yeah. You want a sticker tour of my fridge? No. A uh, star pinch cut, Rob's fridge, my headboard, or the field. All right. I'm going to go play some uh, NCAA 14, I think. Hey, how's your sleep schedule? Awful. Oh, you're not back on track yet? Uh, Well, I was better yesterday. I took a long nap, though, so it kind of messed me up. Start Ryan's ceiling, by the way, Big Hint says. Okay, yeah, start bench cut, Rob's fridge, my headboard, Ryan's ceiling. Why are you asking my sleep schedule? Was that a genuine question? Yeah, because you were like all out of sorts. I didn't know if you got back on track yet or not. I did. I I, uh, did not sleep after the Iowa State game. I was pretty jacked after that, honestly. Once I get to a certain time, I just think I miss the window, and then you're just like, I'll just stay up, go to work. Went to work two hours early. I did that studying sometimes in college. I was like, if you know, if it's like three or four, like I'll feel worse if I go to sleep and then wake up at six thirty. I'll just stay up. So, all right, cool man, good talk. Ryan's cutting your mom's Wi-Fi. Uh, I'm on. I'm on an unlimited data plan, so I'm not on Wi-Fi. Oh, hate to brag, but yeah, we had a, a couple issues tonight on your end. Huh. Take it up with uh, T-Mobile, I guess. <laughs> Will do. I'll tweet at them. Yeah, so uh, I've got... Oh, I renewed my season tickets. I've got seat backs. I hate to brag. And then I've got unlimited data on my cell phone. Should we... Uh, this isn't uh, the time to do this, but should we, uh, when we plan a road trip to Rojinho? With Rojinho? We're going to Laramie, Yes. We're going to Laramie. You're going to try to go to Provo? I'm going to try, yeah. I think I'm going to try too. Uh, Waco and Austin, I think, are pretty well locked in, yeah? Yes. Sh- should we buy a, tic- a season tickets at home and give them away? How much are uh, For which stadium? For Texas Tech. Oh. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't even know how much they are. 
Honestly, though, I will say this with with the Big Twelve schedule out now. So first off, in our uh, Patreon community, we've been planning a Wyoming road trip since like the clock hit all zeros versus Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. Right. So we've got like the whole Labor Day weekend sorted out, but I think that's going to be a a trend now that we've got especially Picadors like mostly in Lubbock and DFW. The DFW crew is going to go to the nearby games. So anyway, we're going to have like cool, the semi planned out like road trips, road game takeovers. Um, so that's another perk of joining. If you, if you want to be part of that, um, dude, I cannot freaking wait for Laramie. That's going to be so much fun. So much fun. And if you're in the discord and have not been invited to the road trip group, just say it in general and we'll invite you there. Yeah. Sweet. Anything else? Mm, no, I think that's all. Okay. You didn't have any final. I kind of cut your final thoughts off. I don't know if you wanted to. Kind of. <laughs> At least that's not something you've been doing for a year and a half on this podcast or anything. You should always know that I have another question after I say final thoughts. You should just prepare for that. I'm going to. New bit alert. When you say any final thoughts, I'm not going to say anything for like 10 seconds. And if you don't say anything, then I'll start my final thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of on you that you get interrupted. Okay, here's my final thought. <laughs> because I respond when you have a question. Uh, here's my final thought. Uh huh. The first 20 minutes of this podcast were absolutely brutal. It's just me listing schools that aren't in Conference USA, listing s- cities that are not in Virginia. And the last 20 minutes have been a little bit off the rails. But I think we won the proverbial middle eight. And that's a big thing with Joey and the brand. And so even if the haters and losers think that the majority of this podcast sucked, the middle eight, I think was good. That was our, our best content of this episode. And yeah. uh, so at least we won the middle eight. Do we have haters? Say what you want about the book ending 30 minutes on either side of the middle eight, but yeah. crushed it. Sweet. All right. Love y'all.